Pearl Church exists to express a sacred story and to extend a common table that animate life by love. A primary expression of our sacred story is the weekly sermon. If our sermons inspire you to ponder the sacred, to consider the mystery and love of God, and to live bountifully, would you consider supporting our work? You can donate easily and securely at our website, pearlchurch.org, or follow the link in the podcast notes. Thank you for partnering with us in expressing this sacred story. I'm Carrie Condor, and along with Linda, Rachel, Mike, and Tino, I have the privilege of serving on your oversight team. As you may know, each August we have the opportunity to speak to our beloved community and share more deeply about who we are and our hearts for Pearl. For those of you who don't know me, I grew up in Portland. I'm an educator and administrator for college students pursuing a teaching career. I'm also wife and partner to Andrew, who recently returned from deployment where he was serving our country in Qatar. And we are parents to an eight-year-old, Natalie. Andrew and I found belonging at Pearl about 15 years ago. Today, I would like to talk about belonging. A few years ago, I got to be a part of a small group at work who engaged in a year-long and collaborative project called the Executive Leadership Series on Equity and Excellence in Higher Education, ELSI for short. The objective was to learn more about equity and inclusion in higher education and as a team design a project for our institution to make an impact. Prior to day one, we were all asked to bring something to share with a large group, so folks from other colleges and cohorts that represented a sense of belonging for us. So I'm a researcher, and my first move was to search the web for a poem or image or something beautiful about belonging. Nothing I came across was quite quite right. After at least an hour, I realized the entire time that I was searching the web, I was singing a song. In my head or out loud, I don't know for sure. But the song was May You Find Light. Music brings a sense of belonging for me, and to me, this song touches my soul with its message of extending a sense of belonging and love. So I printed the song lyrics, I put them in my work bag, and when I arrived, we were prompted to place our objects somewhere in the room and to walk around the room and look at what others brought. So this was intended to be symbolic, And uh, for me, I immediately felt like I was a part of that environment. I could literally see myself and others affirmed in our space. Throughout the three-day training, folks were invited to share about their object and tell why it represents belonging to them. As I listened to each person's story, I realized more and more how important a sense of belonging is to creating an inclusive and equitable community. I felt such a strong connection with each stranger who was now becoming a companion as they shared. I realized how much we as humans desire or need to feel that sense of belonging. When it was my turn, I got to share that I chose the song about finding a light, whether a spiritual light or perhaps a light in yourself, 
to guide you home, whatever that home may be for you. One phrase that always stands out to me at Pearl is extending a common table where all and all parts of you are welcome. I love that Pearl is continuously transforming our culture toward creating a sense of belonging for every person. To me, belonging cultivates a feeling that the individual matters to the group and that their personal identity and contributions are valued. Individuals experience that they are indispensable to the group and feel safe presenting themselves authentically in the group. Our sense of identity and belonging is impacted by various factors, including our experiences, our connections, our contributions, relationships, and our environment. In Forbes magazine, Tracy Brower writes, belonging is a fundamental part of being human. We need people, and this need is hardwired in our brains. A recent MIT study found we crave interactions in the same region in our brains where we crave food. And another study showed we experience social exclusion in the same region of our brain where we experience physical pain. I recently read a quote that says, our identity determines where we belong. This got me thinking about significant times in my life that impacted my identity formation. Here's one. I'm running a warm-up lap in eighth grade PE, and my chest feels funny. My PE teacher brushes it off, but my dad doesn't when I tell him that I have the same feeling after a Saturday jog. My doctor discovers two tumors closing in around my heart called thymomas. I needed an emergency surgery, and one that doctors weren't even sure would be a solution or a cure. I'm so grateful for my parents, who were there for me every step of the way. In addition to seeking information from doctors, they researched other cases of thymomas, which were very rare in children, and most were terminal. I only learned of this after my dad passed along his journal to me last year where he detailed the notes of the entire experience. They stayed strong and diligent and helped me in any way that they could. Prayer, never leaving me alone at the hospital table, hospital bedside and table, I guess. (laughs) Bringing moments of joy by inviting a special visitor, finding a favorite movie, reading to me, I loved being read to taking me on short walks to visit the yellow fish I named Lucy in the hospital fish tank, or making me chocolate mint milkshakes, my dad's specialty. The skillful hand of my surgeon effectively moved the tumors, actually through two surgeries, and my thymus gland through those two very excruciating operations and what seemed like too many scary days in the ICU. It was a slow and painful recovery. My body systems took a lot of time to reboot. I was weak, enduring a lot of pain. At times, I wondered if I would ever fully recover. My identities were totally rocked. Being a student, I missed at least the last month of middle school. Being a friend, a dancer, a quote-unquote normal teenager, 
about to start high school. Instead, I felt hopeless and unsure of who I was or who I would become. I did not process these feelings, and it took a toll on my mental health. These tumors impacted the way in which I saw myself such a, during such a critical time of development. Unfortunately, a new identity formed. I thought of myself as damaged. I considered suicide. My parents, after months of fighting with me for my life, continued to the fight and took me to a psychologist. Unfortunately, she just made me feel shameful for my suicidal thoughts. Out of never wanting to return to her office, I forced myself to snap out of it and move on. The following fall, I entered high school, still medically fragile. I couldn't participate in PE, for example, although I was forced to attend, perpetuating the feelings of damage in my identity. After 10 years of follow-up with the oncologist, I was declared healed. However, I have since endured six surgeries and a myriad of health challenges, most relatively minor but cumulatively significantly impacting my identity. As an adult in counseling, I realized that I had never fully processed those feelings back then. And once I did, I found that light. And it was a combination of love for myself and divine love. Pearl Church exists to express a sacred story and to extend a common table that animates life by divine love. I have a strong sense of belonging here at Pearl Church. I hold many privileged identities as a white, able-bodied, cisgender, heterosexual, American, Christian, married person. My identities are affirmed here, including my gender identity. I am a woman in leadership at Pearl. My values of equity and inclusion are practiced here. I find connection with the music, imagery, and pattern of liturgy. I find the environment comfortable. I can be my authentic self, and I feel like I belong at the table. American psychologist Abraham Maslow presented a hierarchy of human needs, a psychological theory centered on humans' innate desire for fulfillment and belonging, and it's a need that we naturally seek in order to feel love. Belonging can be fulfilling and difficult at the same time. Belonging can trap and isolate us to where we forget the other or become blind to underlying customs or codes, ways of being that lead perhaps a group's majority to belonging, yet are unavailable or perhaps invalidating for others. And some people sacrifice themselves in order to belong. I have a poem to share with you by Megan Salip. It's called Belonging. Secure they made me feel. Isolated I was in my own skin. Accepted I was, thus I belonged. I longed for acceptance. Belonging became an escape from my own skin. Isolation had no room to fit in. Belongingness deprived me of living, living in my own skin. Through illusion, I became addicted to conforming, blending in, denied any chance of self-mastery. Different I feel now, 
Self-realization defeated the fear of being uncomfortable in my own skin. Uniqueness became my obsession. Secure, I felt. Firm, I stood my ground. In me, I belonged. At Pearl, we aim to include everyone by extending a common table and desire to cultivate a space where people can bring their authentic selves, a belonging that affirms identity rather than seeks conformity. I ponder, though, what identities are at the table? Whose identities do we visibly affirm? And what identities are not at the table, and why? What in our environment, visuals, music, people, shared experiences, narratives, connection, can further cultivate a sense of belonging for the identities which are not currently at the table? In an article called Five Keys to Becoming a More Inclusive Community, the authors state, churches can no longer ignore the systemic segregation of the local church if they hope to present a credible witness of Christ-like love for all people in an increasingly diverse society. Rather, our churches must become inclusive communities of faith, encouraging and embracing oneness in Christ across race and class distinctions. Furthermore, an article called The Case for Diversity in the Church, the authors explain, this is a long one, the biblical case for diversity in the local church is pretty airtight. There are undercurrents of racial and cultural diversity throughout the Bible. Whether you point to the inclusion of Gentiles in the New Testament, or the unity and diversity of the Trinity, or the variety of languages spoken at Pentecost, diversity is everywhere. Diversity, though, is not the same as racial inclusivity or the representation of multiple cultures in an otherwise homogenous church. That's a lot. Nor is diversity a melting pot where all races and cultures lose their individuality and conform to a new shared cultural identity. No diversity, namely racial diversity, inclusion, appreciation, and valuing of various races and cultures without any single race or culture losing their individuality. I'm still quoting the article. So if your church is not diverse and you're not sure if you should or shouldn't strive for diversity, here's a pretty decent rule of thumb. If your church is in a neighborhood with more than one race or culture, you should be putting real work into being a diverse church. Pearl's value for inclusion states, we therefore value making room to include a diversity of backgrounds, views, and convictions, and especially of those who are marginalized. Again, I ask us to consider the identities that are missing from Pearl's common table and ways we can extend that table to broaden diversity and inclusion. This could include being more aware of the subtle and often unintentional ways we create exclusion through our words and actions. If we want to create further inclusion and belonging, we must also address unconscious bias, microaggressions, and privilege, all of which impact our daily interactions with others and either contribute to or harm their sense of inclusion, sense of belonging, and psychological safety. In our second reading today, Jesus connects with Peter, 
who immediately falls down at Jesus' knees saying, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Jesus does not deny this identity that Peter confesses, but he connects with Peter's identity of being a fisherman. And this turns into calling Peter to be a fisher of men. I think about Mike's words a few weeks ago when he called for a modern Christianity that returns to Jesus's subversively good and gracious gospel, truly like a light on the hill, truly like a temple comprised of diverse humans with which the divine dwells. Our next music selection following this talk is May You Find a Light. We're playing this again with intention and an opportunity to reflect upon intentional extension of calling others in, a type of belonging that nurtures diverse identities rather than conformity in Christ's light and love. Let us pray. Divine love, we find a sense of belonging in you and strive to nurture that sense of belonging for all and to all parts of us. Help us to seek to understand who and what parts are not at the table and ways in which we can cultivate a sense of belonging for them. For in and with your divine love, we all belong. Amen. We hope that this sermon inspired you to ponder the sacred, to consider the mystery and love of God, and to live bountifully. If you don't already support our work, will you begin today? You can donate easily and securely at our website, pearlchurch.org, or follow the link in the podcast notes. Thank you for partnering with us in expressing this sacred story. Thank you.